Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to episode number 296 of Mets Musings. I hope you all had a better week than the Mets have this uh, past Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and Thursday because uh, they're on the verge of getting swept and it's only the bottom of the first. Uh, Steven Matz needs a roadmap or a Google app to find home plate. And when he does, it looks like he's throwing batting practice. So I fully expect them to get swept at the hands of the Yankees four games. The only team they can seem to beat right now is the Phillies. They took three out of four over the weekend from the Phillies, but uh, they're making a joke out of this season now. And uh, to prove my point, last night, two players got hurt. In batting practice, they can't even get out to the field now. Now, in batting practice, they're getting hurt. Jose Reyes hurt himself the day before, apparently, swinging. Took batting practice. He couldn't swing a bat, couldn't move, so he's out. And then Flores gets hurt somehow. And guess what? They had nobody to play third base. So who played the catcher? The catcher played third base and never played third base in his life. He's playing third base. This is starting to sound like an Abbott and Costello routine. Who's on first? Darno's on third. And I don't fault Terry Collins. This is on the shoulders of Alderson. He did not have this team built right from the beginning. And this falls squarely on him that they had to take a catcher and put him at third base. How ridiculous was that? And they want us to believe that this is a big series and come out to the ballpark and everything like this. And he pulls a clown act like this. And then it gets better. It gets better because... Or Darno and Cabrera rotated between playing first and uh, between second and third base, depending upon the hitter. If a right hand had come up, Darno went to second, and Cabrera went to third. If a left hand had come up, Darno went back to third, and Cabrera went back to second. Twenty-two times. I kept waiting for the circus music to start, you know, every time they made a change. Alderson's got to go at the end of the year. Never mind Terry Collins. He can only play who's out there. This is the guy that the game has passed him by. And not only that... There was no backup catcher then because if Darno got hurt at third and Rivera got hurt, then what are you going to do? Or if Rivera got hurt and you had to move Darno to catch, then who's going to play third? And you don't have an emergency catcher because he traded him. He traded him for a player to be named later. We don't even know what bum we're going to get for this guy, for, for Walker. 
He was the emergency catcher. Who's the emergency catcher now? Maybe it ought to be Sandy Alderson. He's got to go, folks. This team is not going to win. I'd like to see the Wilpons go too, but that's not going to happen. But at least they got to show some guts and get rid of Alderson. The game has passed him by. And I don't want to hear about all these brilliant moves he made. What? What brilliant moves? He trades Bruce and gets what? Some guy that may be good? He trades Reed for three guys and what? Maybe one will be good out of the three if we're lucky? He trades Walker for literally nothing. And he gave money. This is a joke. It really is uh, annoying and a joke. And the injuries just I mean it's 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 ridiculous. It just keeps continuing. Next, we're going to hear somebody uh, broke his foot getting out of bed or climbing the stairs or something. Are they that brittle or is the training that bad? But this is it's just plain nuts at this point. And now, now Jose Reyes is gone because he's on a disabled list during because of an oblique injury. Flores is going to work out to see if he can still play. So now they'll play shorthanded. They've called up Matt Reynolds, who probably should have still been up here in the first place. No, but let's get rid of an infielder and bring up a relief pitcher. What what kind of s silliness is that? Matt Reynolds will be called up, and Gavin Ciccini has been called up. Don't know who which one is going to get uh, placed on a roster in place of Reyes. If Flores stays active, they'll have to uh, demote somebody. Watch it be McGowan, the guy they brought up to replace Walker, who was a pitcher who shouldn't have been brought up in the first place because they needed an infielder. And then there's the little to-do with Gizelman. And I know everybody is against Gizelman on this one. Well, I'm going to take his side. Big deal. He says he doesn't care. That doesn't. That means he doesn't care what Alderson says. Because he knows what he had to do. He knew he had to pitch better. You don't need some old man sitting behind a microphone telling him that. Threatening him. So he reacted. Big deal. Maybe somebody ought to sit down. Maybe Wilpon ought to sit down and say that Alderson better start winning or better get better plays here. If he can sit and judge everybody else, let's sit and judge the job he's done. And it's been pretty stinko. Somebody's got to pay for this mess this year.
And it's probably going to be Terry Collins when it shouldn't be. It should be Alderson and the rest of the clowns in the front office. Wipe all of them out there. Anyway, after the game or whatever you want to call it last night, Gazelman apologized for his recent comments. And went back. He says, I definitely need to pitch better. I really care. It's my job, so I definitely care. I apologize for Sandy for saying that, and we talked it out. So there. It's it's nothing. It's over. Give it a rest. And, oh, we got more on Sandy. Now, now he thinks that David Wright may not come back. We'll have to look at it. What are you, stupid? He's not coming back. You got to go out and get a third baseman. You took the gamble this year. You lost. Don't make the same mistake. But does he say anything? No, we may have to look at the situation. You got to look at it, smartest guy in the room. And do something about it. But you know what? They're not going to do anything. He's going to look on the junk heap like he always does because... He just saved nine three point three million dollars for the Mets, and they were over over budget. Are you kidding me? What what's their budget? So he saved his own his money. So you think they're gonna push that back into the team? And while we're on injuries and stuff and and other crazy stuff. Seth Lugo was scratched from last night's start, and he's on a disabled list with a shoulder impingement, which probably was caused by that elbow injury when he had a partially torn labrum. So they're going to arrest him, and if he feels better, they'll probably pitch him till his arm falls off. If not, Tommy John surgery is possible. You know, the Mets ought to take every pitcher in the minor leagues that hasn't had Tommy John and just have them do it because eventually they're going to have to get it. The way their pitching staff is or their training staff And last night, Matt Harvey pitched his second outing. Oh, some good news. Him and Syndergaard both pitched bullpens, and he's in rehab uh, starts now, Harvey. Syndergaard threw off a mound on Tuesday for the first time since hitting the DL. And uh, he hopes to start a uh, rehab assignment. Said he felt great. So he's going to start a rehab 
assignment soon. And Matt Harvey tossed three scoreless innings, allowing one hit while striking out three in a rehab start with the uh, Brooklyn Cyclones on Wednesday. It was the second rehab start for Harvey, who landed on the disabled list in mid-June in his first outing with Brooklyn last weekend. He allowed one run on one hit and a walk. And Mets closer Jerry's Familia allowed a walk and struck out one during scoreless inning in his first rehab start with Class A St. Lucie on Wednesday night. Familia's assignment was pushed back a day after he was originally slated to pitch on Tuesday. He threw a bullpen session on August 2nd, which was his first since having surgery in May to repair an arterial blood clot in, blood clot in his right shoulder. He began a throwing program in Port St. Lucie, Florida in July, at which time Collins said and GM Sandy Alderson said they would like to see him return to the mound this season. Oh, and here's, here's a, a great, great Sandy Alderson move. The Mets have announced they signed right-handed pitcher Neil Wagner to a minor league contract and a quiet outfielder Travis Snyder. Uh, okay. The Mets sent cash to the Rangers for Snyder. He last played in the Mangers in 2015 with the Orioles. Got him off the scrap heap. Snyder's last full season was in 2014 as he hit 264 with 13 homers and 38 RBI for the Pirates. This season, Snyder spent time with the Rangers AAA Round Rock, where he hit 294 with nine home runs and 44 RBI. Wagner has had limited time in the majors in his career. Oh, it fits in. His last appearance came with the Blue Jays in 2014, where he appeared in 10 games as a reliever. He was 2-4 and four with a 4.92 ERA in 52 career games. The 33-year-old has played with the Rays AAA Durham for the past two seasons. He owns a 3.07 ERA in 32 appearances. That includes one start this season. Both players have been assigned to AAA Las Vegas. Now, this could be just a move because there's nobody in Vegas, so they got to fill that. Though, trust me, their team's not that great, and they're not going anywhere. But uh, another scrap heap deal by uh, Scrappy uh, Sandy. That's what we're going to call him, Scrappy Sandy, because he likes dealing in a scrap heap. Let's see who else broken down player we can bring into the organization. All right. Uh, you know, next weekend, I think it is next weekend. Yeah, the 25th and the 27th, the Major League uh, Baseball will hold its inaugural Players Weekend when all players will wear colorful non-tradition uniforms featuring alternate designs. The look is a nod towards youth baseball during the final weekend of the Little League World Series. So they're going to bring up all of these uh, crazy jerseys and and they're going to put nicknames on them. Yes, they are going to put nicknames on the back of these jerseys. And let me tell you, some of these are real doozies that they're going to do. And frankly, I think I'd be embarrassed by some of them. 
Let's give you a few. Uh, Ioannis Sensipidis will be La Potencia. That makes sense. Here's an original one. Jacob DeGrom. Jake. Okay. Uh, will, William. Um, Steven Matz will be Reno. Travis Darno will be Little D. Each player will wear a patch on his sleeve showing the progression of a child evolving into a major leaguer. Under that logo will be a blank white space which players can use to mark a name or person they are grateful for helping advance their careers, such as a family member or a coach. So there you go. They're going to have these crazy uniforms on, orange hats with blue a blue insignia. I don't know. I had a picture somewhere. I can't locate it right now. Or it's just not coming up. Uh, and a royal blue jersey with orange and uh, orange writing on it. Let's see if we can find a picture here. So we can give you an idea what you'll be dealing with here. And, of course, this is all for uh, to raise to sell more jerseys. And I just saw it. Here we go. Okay. So uh, here we go. Here's, here's Noah Syndergaard's jersey. Orange hat. Hats don't look too bad. Jerseys really don't look too bad. Some of them are doozies that they got across the major leagues. They're really pretty ugly looking. Um, this is one of the better looking ones, I guess. But uh, as you can see there, if you're watching the video of this, uh, Thor, Syndergaard will have Thor on the back. Uh, there's a real uh, mind bender right there why they did that. But... Um, so that's it. That's the players' weekend going to be in effect uh, next weekend, the 25th through the 27th. So uh, rush down to your local store and buy all the merchandise because that's what MLB wants you to do. And um, there you have it. All right. We'll be back in a few minutes with uh, my guest, and uh, we'll talk some uh, – more Mets and Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. So be sure to stay uh, here for for that. Let's take a quick break right now. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. With us, we'll help you get a PhD in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment 
voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com the facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings and the twitter handle is at metsmusings1 with all the mets news it is the news from around the world and around the corner here's gary mack and I'm joined this evening by Patricia Garcia. She is the site expert for Venom Strikes and Arizona Diamondbacks blog. Uh, Patricia, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, you're very welcome. Uh, so the Mets have already played the Diamondbacks and not well. And uh, now the Diamondbacks will be coming in next Monday for a four-game set. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on with the Diamondbacks since we saw them. Yeah, they're, the Diamondbacks are falling right now. Um, they've been struggling as of late. They won today. Um, every single one of their starters has had more than one off game in the second half. Um, but the, their biggest problem right now is they can't hit with runners in scoring position. They're batting 179 with runners in scoring position in their last 20 games, and that's going to be the biggest challenge playing the Mets, moving forward into all their division matchups and into the postseason if they get there. Um, we know all too well about uh, not hitting in clutch situations here, so uh, that's surprising. With, with all the good players, uh, they've added J.D. Martinez from Detroit since we have last uh, saw them. How, what kind of start is he off to as in the National League? He started off really well for the Diamondbacks. He had like, I want to say it was like, six home runs in his first few at-bats, um, or his first few hits, actually, as a Diamondback. And he's fallen off a little bit. The one thing I do like is him batting behind Paul Goldschmidt. They tend to play off of each other a lot, and I like that matchup really well. Um, the bats just seem like they're waking up. They had a couple good hits yesterday, and they strung together a couple good hits today to shut out the um, Houston Astros. So I'm hoping that they can keep that going. There's really no guarantee with the way the teams looked in the second half. And has injuries played a part in any of this decline at all? Um, you know, that's really hard to say because I think the biggest one has their, their biggest injury in the second half has been Robbie Ray. He got hit with a line drive in the head. He's been on concussion protocol. And even though he had no concussion symptoms and he really got off really, really lucky after getting hit, um, he still didn't come back. It's been about three weeks. He's got his first minor league start today. They should see him back soon. They replaced him with a rookie, Anthony Banda. And Anthony was doing well, but he lost three of the four starts. So even though he had good pitches, he wasn't getting wins. And that's what the team needed. Other than that, they've had some difficulty keeping a middle infielder. So they saw injury to Nick Ahmed earlier this season and then to Chris Owings. Um, right after the second half started. But they've had Cattell Marte step up, who they brought up from Reno, and he's been fantastic. They brought over um, Adam Rosales, and he's been all right. 
But right now they're just buying time until Nick Ahmed is back. And when will he he uh, is expected back? Um, I think they're expecting him in September. Um, he hasn't seen any setbacks, unlike Yasmani Tomas, their outfielder who went down earlier this season. Mm-hmm. They just announced today that he saw a setback in his rehab and that it's going to take him a little while longer to get back than they were expecting. What's the feeling with with all of these injuries that's going on with baseball? And some of them uh, you mentioned, I think Ahmed had a fractured hand and, the, and, and Ray got hit mm-hmm. by a liner. But is there any, like with groin injuries or hamstrings or anything like that, any talk? you know about in the fandom about uh, that that major league baseball's got to look at this or uh, or have you not had like an inordinate amount of them um i don't think there's been a whole lot of talk about it lately the diamondbacks have been lucky they haven't faced a ton of injury uh yasmani tomas was a big one nick ahmed was a big one mm-hmm. and and now robbie ray i think the only thing that they really what was really unfortunate for them was shelby miller um, getting Tommy John before the season started or at the very beginning of the season. Um, but even Tommy John's seen a decline right now. It's not on the rise like it was a few years ago. So I am i don't really think that there's an increase right now. Um, although a, a couple players have been hit in the head in the last week or so, that's a little scary. You definitely yeah. don't want to see that. But at the same time, players don't want to hit wear those super padded hats yeah. when they're on the mound. And that's yeah. just that's just a... Um, a look thing. They don't want to look weird. Well, it does look weird. We had a guy here last <laughs> year, and it was it was one of the strangest things you'd ever want to see. And I'm sure they're working on uh, you know getting it a little smaller. But it, it was it was weird. I got to tell you. Yeah, and and Robbie Ray's not the first Diamondback. Archie Bradley got hit in the face back in 2015 when he first joined the team, and that took him out that season. He didn't. Um, exceed his rookie limits till the next year because of that. So there, it's something that they've seen before. And Robbie, again, he got really lucky, really lucky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you mentioned um, Paul Goldschmidt earlier, and of course he's a perennial all star. And and uh, tell us what kind of year he's having. Goldschmidt has been the Diamondbacks' most consistent player since he came up and he's again, just having one of those years he's in the talks for MVP. I personally think that it's going to come down to the diamondbacks facing the Rockies in that national league wildcard game. And that's going to determine whether Paul Goldschmidt gets it or Nolan Arenado gets it. Oh, and both of them are having fantastic seasons. So yeah, that will be, uh, that will be a close, uh, uh, and, and that, I think you're right on the money there unless the Cardinals can sneak up there. But, uh, I think it will be between those two, and what a turnaround from a year ago! Yeah, that's that's an understatement right there. Um, <laughs> it's definitely even with the Diamondbacks, they're not doing particularly well right now, and they still haven't fallen out of that wild card. And I think that's been one of the biggest surprises to fans. The Cardinals are creeping up, but the Rockies and the Diamondbacks seem to pull ahead every time they need to, right. and that's what they're doing. Now you also, of course, have another All Star on the team, and that's Zach. Granky and uh, uh, he's had a, a kind of a well. How would you describe the year he's having? Again, he's one of those guys that's just been um, really consistent this year. Not the way he was last year because last year he struggled a little bit. But I know he always takes a little while to settle into a new team. Um, he had one bad start in the last 
not his last outing, but the one before that, um, Lavella left him in just too long, just an out or two too long, and he gave up three runs in that time frame, and it, it cost him the game. But came back in his last outing, pitched uh, 6.2 innings, and it was a shutout. They won two to nothing. Um, so it was back to the same Granky they had seen previously. Um, only lost one at home, and that, and it was against the Dodgers. So it's not like he lost to what I would call a scrub team. He <laughs> lost to the 2017 Dodgers. So. Yeah, he didn't lose to the Phillies. <laughs> <laughs> no, or the Giants, thank God, even well, though the Diamondbacks did lose two to them. Um, it was not the Giants. It was the the Dodgers who are insane this year. It is unbelievable that where they came out of uh, not nowhere, but I mean, because people, some people picked them before the season, but I don't think anybody saw this coming at all. No, they've they've been good. They've been making the playoffs for what five years mm-hmm. now, and they just can't pull through. They can't make that World Series. They can't win the World Series. They haven't done that in almost thirty years, and. I think that's why people are like, oh, wow, they're they're so good out of nowhere. Well, no, if you've been paying attention, they've been pretty right. good. They've had a, a fantastic farm system for a while, um, and it's paying off for them. But October is a different ballgame. It's, it's a different beast altogether, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it, not based on their history. Well, that's it, and they'll be going right into a, a playoff series. They'll be involved, I, I guess, with their record. They'll play the wild card winner. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, but anything can happen in a short series, and you never know. You get a little hot, you get three pitches hot, and, uh, you know, even the Mets beat them two years ago. So uh, who knows? They, I know they're a much better team this year than they were two years ago and even last year, but you know, who knows? Maybe they, they get knocked out. They're tired from winning all these games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they're going to rely on Kershaw a lot and that didn't work for them last year. Um, and even if they do win the NLDS, they might have to come up against the Cubs again. Like that's still a potential outcome. And the Cubs after last October, I don't see them going down without a serious fight. Yeah, it should, it should be a very interesting series, no matter how it goes. Uh, but we're talking about this series against the Mets, and uh, looking, I don't know if you have any of the pitching matchups so far. I tried to plot it out myself, so I don't know how accurate uh, I'm I'm going to be, but I've got uh, uh, Walker versus Gazelman in the first game. Uh, Patrick Corbin versus Matz in the second. Godley versus Flexen and Granky versus Montero. And if, if those match matchups uh, hold out, well, <laughs> I I can't see you guys not sweeping. I just can't at this point in time. Um, it really depends. So Walker, Walker's been struggling. He hasn't won a game since I I want to say June twenty first. Um, he's either taking a loss or taking a no decision in like eight or nine straight starts. Um, so he's kind of a wild card. We don't know which Taiwan Walker we're going to get. We don't know if we're going to get the one that showed up in the first half and was great, or if we're going to get this July Walker who can't seem to pull together a win. Um, hopefully Corbin has pitches the way he has in his last two games. He's gone over 15 innings, shut out baseball. Um, and that's been impressive to see because he's been one of their, 
lower men on the totem pole as far as the right. rotation goes. Um, but Godly should come back, and I, I think Godly will. If he, if you guys face Godly, he should take a win. And then it goes Grinky versus Montero. I don't even think there's a, uh, uh, you know, a fight there. <laughs> Uh, so I, it, it's going to be a long week. It's been a long season for us. So, uh, excuse <laughs> me for being less than optimistic at this point, but, uh, uh, it's always a good series when somebody comes from, uh, out West and, and comes into the East and plays. So now the, the, the current slump by the Diamondbacks, does it, is there any talk about it? it's possibly they're fatigued or it's just, you know, they they play. I know they play in a dome stadium, but, you know, not other places have domes and they're playing outside. So could fatigue be playing a factor? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's fatigue or if it's just a slump. Like the like I said, the biggest problem they're having is, is batting with runners in scoring position. And I don't think that's necessarily – just them, you know, coming to the plate tired because it even happens early in the game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I really don't know what it is. I'm hoping that it's just a slump and, and they'll come right back out of it and be the Diamondbacks team that we saw in the first half. Um, but, I mean, you said that the the Mets have been had kind of a long season. You know, coming out of this second half, it's been rough and, and fans are noticing and it gets more and more negative feedback when I'm talking about the game, social media, and it's it's rough to hear because I'm trying to keep, stay positive and I'm trying to keep the talk positive, um, but it's hard, especially when you know they're 179 as runners in scoring position and they're losing games, you know, to the Astros who are struggling as well, and mm-hmm. it's just rough. <laughs> no, yeah, and and you're right. You got to try to keep the the uh, keep it as optimistic as you can. Sometimes it's a very difficult thing to do, but. Um, we, we spoke a little bit about the, uh, rotation. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the bullpen. How has the bullpen, you know, in this modern day now, baseball, you have to have a strong bullpen because the starters only go five, six, seven innings, uh, not like the old days. So take us a little bit through the bullpen a little bit. All right. So can't really talk about the Diamondbacks bullpen without talking about Archie Bradley. Not only does he make <laughs> headlines, um, especially lately, but he's just fun to watch. He has such a great personality, and then he's got the arm to match it. So he's going out there and he's in shutdown innings, and it's fantastic to see. But he's one of those guys that is keeping them in the game all the time, whether it's his personality or he comes in and he closes down the eighth inning when they need him to. Uh, today he came in. Patrick Corbin actually pitched 8.2 innings, and Lavello didn't let him get the complete game. He brought Bradley in for that last out, and he got it. Um, he's just been one of those guys that he's electric, and, and it's incredible to watch. Um, Fernando Rodney, he's their closer. He has his ups and downs. I think right now he's on an up. I hope he stays that way. Um, <laughs> but when he's down, he's down, and he's blowing games when they really need to save. And and that's you hate that when you have a closer and he can't close out the team. Uh, So after you leave here, it it will be uh, I believe it will be the players' weekend with the funky jerseys. Now you're a team (laughs) that has funky jerseys to begin with. Um, 
What's the spin on the the, the jerseys that the Diamondbacks are going to be wearing uh, for that weekend? I think it's all about the nicknames. Um, that and and they didn't go with the traditional maroon. Theirs are black and red, which I personally didn't care for. Um, but you know, to each their own. Not everybody likes the funky jerseys <laughs> they wear every day. Um, I just saw that somebody thought they looked like pajamas. And I was like, I think they're pretty cool. I like the teal. Um, the nicknames, though, none of the guys went too far out. Um, I think Granky's the only one on the team who just used his last name. He just used Granky and probably got heckled by fans a little bit on social media. But um, the players' weekend's going to be fun. The trick is that coming back from this road trip they're on right now, they're going to be facing a lot of division matchups. They have a ton of games against the Rockies. They've got a, a series against the Dodgers left. Um and that's really tough coming into the tight wild card race that they've got ahead of them. Well, that's going to be the the whole thing, and that's going to be a race to watch with, as you said, playing the Rockies and the and the Dodges, and and we'll see how it goes down the stretch. But this is this is this is the exciting time of the year now, especially if your team's in contention. Uh, but uh, you know, to watch and see how they actually do and. They have an excellent shot at it, and we'll see. Compared to what happened a couple of years ago, this team is is a much better. Um, how is Troy Lovello coming along as a manager? You know, in the first half, he was just bringing in the praises, and everyone was so happy to be. And that that's kind of rough, but they were happy to be rid of Chip Hale. Um, but Lovello just couldn't do anything wrong, and he was so great. And in the last week he's made a lot of tough managerial calls that have led to losses um he left he took banda out of the game against the dodgers um to prevent him from batting actually which brings up an argument about the dh in the national league um but the diamondbacks had a chance to score and they put in a pinch hitter and he struck out um so they had to take banda off the mound and after he had given up three runs in the first inning and then pitched three shutout innings against the Dodgers, which we've talked about them. That that's hard to do against this Dodgers team. Mm-hmm. So they put in Jake Barrett from the bullpen and the first batter he faced, he gave up a solo home run. And it's just one of those things that you have to look at the manager and be like, why did you make that call? It didn't pay off for you offensively. And then it didn't pay off for you, pay off for you defensively either. Um, and he's made a couple of those calls lately and, Fans aren't happy. Um, I, I hope that he can even. I hope that he can come back and and be the manager that they saw early on. Um, but even today, not allowing Corbin to get the complete game, it's just like, what are you doing? Well, it's it's possible that he's feeling the heat a little bit too about winning the division. I mean, about uh, you know staying in the wild card race, and maybe that's affecting some uh, some of his decision making. It happens, and and you just got to hope he can straighten it out before then. But uh, you're coming in here for four, and we'll see how that all shakes out. So I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight, and uh, tell the people a little about where they can find Venom Strikes. All right, so uh, Venom Strikes is the Diamondback site for fan sided. Um, it's venomstrikes.com. And then um, we're pretty active on our Twitter page, which is just at Venom Strikes. Um, you can catch me tweeting about the games and articles and everything like that on there. So, 
All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck to the Diamondbacks the rest of the year. Yeah, good luck to the Mets. Thank you for having me. Well, you're very welcome. And I'll be back right after this. Check us out at MetsMusings.com and find the Mets Musings podcast on Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, iTunes, Flipboard, and at BaseballPodcasts.net. That's BaseballPodcasts with an S, dot net. Hey, baseball fans and book fans as well. This is Frank Nappy, author of the Legend of Mickey Tussler series, inviting all of you to learn more about my protagonist, Mickey Tussler, an incredible pitching prodigy who has autism. Follow Mickey's journey as he captures the hearts of fans everywhere with his blazing fastball and indomitable spirit. Please visit Amazon or www.franknappy.com for more information. Hi, this is the world-famous Mr. Brewtown of BrewtownSports.Potomatic.com. You know, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Google+, Plus. Uh, Brewtown Sports. You can also listen to the show at Stitcher.com, TuneIn.com, and iTunes.com. And we've got the new one. It's called BrewtownRadio.Webley.com. But the one that I'm most proud of being on is BaseballPodcast.net. It is the home of great baseball talk shows. Check it out, my show and all kinds of other programs all about Major League Baseball. So check it out. That's BaseballPodcast.net, the home for great baseball talk shows. The Phillies and Mets rivalry has never been better. Hi, my name is Rich Baxter, and I host Phillies Talk Podcast. I hope you'll join me as we talk all about the Phillies all season long. That's Phillies Talk Podcast at FightinPhillies.com. And now back to Gary Mack and this great edition of Mets Museums. Five one six six one nine six three four one. That is the comment voicemail hotline. If you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line, leave us a comment or a voicemail question, anything at all. Call that number five one six six one nine six three four one, or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen, and that's a speak pipe, and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone. Or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at MetsMusings1. And uh, if you'd uh, like to help out the show, check out our Patreon page. Check out the campaign at patreon.com slash MetsMusings. Okay, and it's time uh, to go down. 
on the farm. The Mets have four players on Fangraph's newest top 100 prospect list, with shortstop Ahmad Rosario at number two, first baseman Dominic Smith ranked 53rd, shortstop Andres Jimenez at 75, and the recently drafted left-handed pitcher David Peterson coming in at 81. Rosario and Smith have both been promoted to the Mets. Uh, Jimenez has spent all of the season with Class A Columbia, compiling a 275 average with two home runs and 24 RBIs in 80 games. MLB Pipeline gives Jimenez a grade of 60 for his arm and a 55 for fielding on the 20 to 80 scale. ESPN's Keith Law wrote in February that Jimenez was a team sleeper prospect that has a chance to develop into a strong overall player. Uh, let's see. Uh, and Peterson was drafted a 20th overall in this year's draft out of the University of Oregon. He posted an 11-4 record with 2.51 ERA and a school rec- record 140 strikeouts last season. He earned a $2.99 million signing bonus after penning his contract with the Mets on July 7th. He uh, has been with Brooklyn, has had two outings, and he has allowed one run in two and two-thirds innings, so not getting a lot of time. Uh, Gavin Caccini continues to hit in his last 10 games, as you know. As we said earlier, he has been called up uh, in his last 10 games. He's hitting 310 with six walks to four strikeouts. Uh, maybe it is time to give him a look at second base and see what he can do. And left-handed pitcher Kyle Renault has pitched well out of the pen this year. He has a 4-0 record with a 3.38 ERA. And in Binghamton, David Thompson, who got off to a slow start, continues his hot hitting this month. He's hitting 340 in the month of August, including three homers in his last three games. Casey Delgado is having a good year on the mound. He is a 10 and 5 with a 4.71 ERA. And um, Corey Burns picked up his 18th save since taking over the closer job for the Rumble Ponies. St. Lucie, former Cyclone uh, Peter Alonzo, continues to pile up his hits almost every game. Uh, he went two for four the other night and. Uh, Stopped the presses, but Adonis Yusita finally gave up a run. He is 0-0 with a 1.04 ERA on the season. Uh, Gerson Batista has been electric since becoming a Met, and more importantly, he's only walked one batter. And the other night, he consistently hit 99 to 100 miles per hour on the radar gun. And in Columbia, Matt Blackham has struggled with giving up walks this year. Other than that, he's been dominant since returning from Tommy John surgery. And in Brooklyn, uh, we said before, Matt Harvey pitched for the Cyclones in a loss to Aberdeen. Not much else to say about the Cyclones, unfortunately. They are 2-11 and 11 in the month of August and 15-38 and 38 for the year. And that's it for uh, Down on the Farm. And as we said earlier... Uh, Miami comes into town this weekend after the Mets are swept by the Yankees. It is seven nothing in the fourth inning. Just so you know, um, Miami comes in for three, and then Arizona comes in for four, and then the Mets hit the road again. And let's see, they are going to. Uh, 
Washington. So <laughs> not a good road ahead for the Metsies as they will play Washington. A uh, little bit of a break with Cincinnati, and then they play Houston before coming home in September to play the Phillies and Cincinnati. Uh, so they can probably get some wins out of that game, though. Who knows who's going to be left on the team, who's not going to be injured, and who will be returning. Uh, there still could be some trades made. I still expect Cabrera to go and perhaps Grandison to go, so we'll wait and see. And, you know, Sandy can call up some more relief pitchers when he loses another infielder or an outfielder. And that's going to do it for this week's show. I hope that you will uh, tune in again next week and join me for a uh, another edition of Mets, Mus- Mets Musing. So see you then. <laughs>